You're listening to the Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. All right, welcome to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And today I have Kendra Hennessy with me. And for those that do not know her, you will soon know a tremendous amount about her relaunch, about the things that impacted her along the way and how she grew and changed from it all. So today, again, Kendra, thank you so much for being on the show. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. And I really enjoy what your message is because I don't think that we talk about um, the relaunches enough. I think that we focus on the successes, but not the things that got us to the successes. So isn't that truth? It's, It's always about like talking and highlighting so often what we've made, the accomplishment itself, but it's like, can we talk about the challenges along the way, those bumps in the road? Sometimes they're not even bumps, they're 30 foot walls that we're trying to, you know, scale. But Kendra, you know, for those that don't know you, can you tell us about where, who you are, where you are, what you've been doing and the significant relaunch in your life? Sure. So uh, the business side of me, as she said, I'm Kendra Hennessy. I'm the founder and CEO of Mother Like a Boss, also the podcast host of the Mother Like a Boss podcast. Uh, And I put reluctant homemakers back in the driver's seat of motherhood through realistic routines and practical mindset shifts. That's my little sort of one line. <laughs> I love I love the call. idea. Of, I love the reluctant. That yes. is so perfect. That is yeah, so great. That's, it's, that's the something I started to use in the beginning because homemaking was not something that I planned to talk about. I didn't consider myself a homemaker. And so what we're doing is really, um, we're reinventing what that word means and, and reinventing it for, for all moms and for all people, because we have people in our audience who are not moms and are not women. So really just kind of reinventing that. Um, that's on the business front, on the personal front, i married. I have two kids, a 14-year-old daughter, an eight-year-old son. We live in upstate New York where it's very cold right now, but we're starting <laughs> to get into the springtime. Um, and I started this business five years ago but that wasn't the first business I started. I actually started my first business at 22. um, When I I had dropped out of college, it was my senior year in college. I dropped out. I decided I did not want to do what I was going to college for. I didn't want to go one second longer uh, to the the just very, I wouldn't even say disappointed, um, but the sadness of my parents, because I was really the first one to go to college in my family. My parents didn't go to college. And so, uh, hey, kudos I, to you, kudos well, to you. That is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and I also, I was like, I had an academic scholarship. Like it was, I was not mm. the person that anyone thought would drop out of college, but greatest thing that ever, ever happened to me. So I'm so glad that I get to talk about this relaunch because, um, I started my first business at 22. I had no experience in business whatsoever. I wasn't going to school for business. I had never run a business. <laughs> um, 
but I started a, a cleaning business, like a house cleaning, a residential cleaning business in our area. And I started working, I started that business because I started working with someone else who owned a business and needed help. And she, I, I realized I loved it. I, I realized I like loved, I always loved cleaning and I loved organization and tidiness, but I really loved the business aspect. I loved the idea that you could make your own schedule and that you could charge what you wanted and you could kind of be in more control over your income. And I just loved that side. And the owner of the business that I was, uh, I was working with her side by side, she, she kind of ended up getting sick. And so it was something that she wanted to continue doing. And I just decided, you know, I can do this on my own, I think. <laughs> so I, a few months in, I just decided, I, I went and I figured out how to get a DBA and I figured out how to name a business and get business insurance. And I spent one day doing that, um, going around my town and getting everything that I needed. Um, and I should also mention that at this time, I was also pregnant. So there was that. Um, my husband and I okay, got- Okay, so for those that, for those that yeah. are like DBA, okay, that's doing oh, yeah. business as we're just, yep. you know, we're, we're zipping through here. But this is so incredible that you didn't have the business experience. No. You didn't have, you know, the know-how. You were really kind of going in with, I just know I can do this. There's yes. something inside that's like, listen- I, I can, I can take over this type of business and I can make it successful. Love that. Yeah. And I was also at the same time, I was working part-time as a waitress. So I, I knew that I had some, I had money coming in. And so I knew that, uh, that it wasn't like I was starting and I was just, I had no other job. Um, and it, that really helped because I had a, a little bit of a fallback and I also had a grace period, which was about mm. two months or so where I was working as a waitress at nights and doing the cleaning during the day. And then I just sort of, when I was making enough money that I could quit the, the waitressing job, I did. But mm, Kendra, I was this pregnant. is a, this, okay, but wait a second. What you just said, I just want to yeah. make sure everyone Absolutely. hears it. it. It's that, you know, for those that are like, I'm going to quit, I'm going to just start this business. I'm going all in. There's that point of let's, you know, I always talk about being smart and savvy, what you want to make sure is that you do have a fallback position that mm -hmm. you're not just going in like this is going to make a you know tons of money right out of the gates i'm going to be able to be super successful it does take time it takes time yes. it takes building up so i love the idea that you still had your other job for that time being you still had you know a couple months now the pregnancy thing <laughs> I'm not sure I would sit there and say for everyone out there, yes, do it when you're really pregnant. But I love that you are like, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of happened all at the same time. So it wasn't like, uh, I, you know, I, I was starting the business right around the time that I found out I was pregnant. So I wasn't planning that. It was not a, a planned pregnancy, as one would say. Ah, uh, and it was relaunches. the greatest- and relaunches usually, yes. <laughs> usually aren't planned. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not usually planning for things to be more difficult than they are. Yeah. Yeah. Let's throw um, on just everything I possibly can. The hormones, exactly. everything. Let's just do this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it, and I mean, that's, I started it, it, uh, I, I did pretty well for years. Um, and I grew it. I had some people working for me at different times. Um, but the, the issue that I found with that was that I felt like an employee of my own business. I started to like, like I was 
I wasn't any more free than I thought that I was when I started. So when I first started the business, I thought, wow, this is so much more freedom than I've ever had being an employee, which was true. But then once I started working more and more and filled my schedule, a cleaning business is dollars for hours. And so I was still really trading that. I just had more ownership. You know, I could take vacations whenever I wanted, but I also had to make up the work or else I didn't make money (laughs) or I had to have somebody working for me and building a team when you do something like cleaning uh, can be very difficult because you're in people's homes and there's a lot of trust that comes with that. And so I didn't just want to go out and, you know, hire a bunch of people to be doing that. So, um, that sort of, that was my, I feel like that was my first relaunch in my, my adult life. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big aha moment when you start to see that you're an employee of your own company. And if you're that employee, if you're that technician, it means that you can't operate as that CEO, as the visionary, because you're trying to, as you said, just make up those hours, you know, I got to do this. I got to do the work. Yeah. And that, I think that a lot of business owners fall into that without even realizing that they're doing it. Um, and they, they, we, we leave jobs thinking we're going to have so much more freedom and we just trade one lack of freedom for another. Like we're just trading one job for another job at the end of the day. And I, you know, when I look back on being 22 and starting a business that, that I had no business starting because I didn't know really how to run a business. I look at like, that was really a great first relaunch for me because I also had to be going up against my entire family's thoughts of what I should be. You know, I, you, but you said you were going to be a teacher, but you said you were going to finish college, but you said like, now you're just starting this business. And I was up against friends that were looking at me kind of like, you dropped out of college and got pregnant and now are starting a cleaning business. Like it, I felt very torn because I was enjoying what I was doing, but at the same time, I felt a lot of judgment in, Hmm. from the people in my life. Um, I mean, that has since changed. You know what? (laughs) Thank you. But thank you for saying what you just said, because it is so many of us, especially being women, we have expectations that are not even our own expectations. They're the expectations of others on us. And they're the ones that start making us question that inner voice, right? That like, no, this is, I'm actually enjoying this. I'm actually, I want to do this. I'm, I know I'm on this path. And yet you still have that, those voices that are like, no. And then they start to be your own voices, right? You start Mm -hmm. to be like, ah, how do I stop this self-sabotage? So what did you do? Um, I think that, you know, especially during that time, like when I was first starting and feeling judged, I really felt like it was like the first year or so, because then, then I had my daughter and then it was like, I was full on into that. And at that point, my business was running for eight months or so. And I think people started to see in my life, oh, this is actually like a functioning business and it can really happen. But one of the things that I had to do was have really honest conversations with some of the people in my life, like my mom, my dad, and talk to them about like, I realize that you're worried for me because I'm your daughter and I get it. Now that I'm a mom, I get that of being like scared for them and just just always wanting to protect them. But I had to be very honest and say, this life that I thought that I wanted, 
I don't want anymore. I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to continue going to school. And we, I think that we do this, you know, it's a separate conversation, but we do this to teenagers. My daughter is going into ninth grade and they're already starting to talk about college and it's really uh, frustrating for her. And it's sort of this, like, it's very anxiety ridden because she's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but we force that onto kids. Like oh, 18, you better figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And I'm like, I'm 37. And I feel like just now I feel comfortable with knowing what I want to do. <laughs> hey, I'm early fifties and I've got three kids, two are just graduating college. One yeah. is in college and I've got two step kids that one in college, one about to go off to, you know, explore the world. I got to tell you, the pressure that is on them is out of control. It is, just, it, it breaks my heart because you're yeah. right. Ninth graders, even younger now, I'm getting yes. people that are coming to me. I'm starting, if you can believe this, my business is actually scaling, not just up, but down in terms of age. Yes. And I have these, these kids that are in, you know, late teens, early twenties that are completely melting down mm -hmm. and needing to have complete relaunches of themselves because of that pressure. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. And it was, and, and I don't think that we do, you know, I don't think we do it intentionally. And my parents certainly, I, I love my parents. My parents are phenomenal. And so are my step-parents. My, my parents were remarried and I have phenomenal family and, and a great family life. But the thing is, I don't think that we realize we're putting that pressure. And especially from parents that didn't go to college and didn't have that privilege to go to college, I get where that was like, but you have this privilege. Why wouldn't you, you know, take it? And now my, my mom and I talk about this all the time. She's like, now in hindsight, I see like this just wasn't the best for you and that's okay. But I had to have those honest conversations and that was really difficult at 22, because I did not feel confident having that conversation necessarily. I remember getting very emotional about it and feeling like no matter what I said, I was going to be wrong, but standing firm in that this just is not for me anymore. It's not, I, I just, I don't know necessarily. Like when I first dropped out, I didn't even know necessarily what I wanted to do. I didn't know that I would continue doing that cleaning business. I just knew that that wasn't for me. And I think that mm. we also need to give people the space to realize I don't necessarily know what I want, but I know what I don't want. And that's, that's why, that's why I love when you said, Hey, my parents didn't go to college. I did, but it wasn't right for you. How many yeah. times are we sitting here forcing these kids to get that degree just to end up like, what am I going to do with it? Right. What am I going to do with it? And, and what they end up working on and doing has nothing to do with that degree. Exactly. So yeah, I love honest conversations that you had to have and, and how difficult they were. I'm sure, you know, letting people know that this isn't, this is now my journey. This is who I want to be. Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And I think also then just, um, proving that what I was doing was, was working for me. You know, sometimes the, the best way to, to prove someone wrong is by showing that what you're doing is right for you. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't think that we need to always be doing that. Like, well, I'm just going to prove it to them, but just being able to stay, be confident in what I liked and showing them, Hey, this thing that I'm new, doing now, it's working for me. And look, it's working for my family. Then I have a baby. And then it was like, Oh, it's working for us as a family and it's making money and it's supporting us. Great. That's another way to kind of be like, oh, okay, well, this is working for you. And maybe that wasn't right for you. Yeah. 
So great. So you continue to raise your children mm-hmm. and what would you say happened in the next phase of your relaunch? What, what became more significant during that time? Yeah. As I was thinking about this, I thought, oh, I have like two main ones, but I think that there's actually three. So there was that one. The second one was when my son was born. Um, that was in 2013. It was six years after my daughter, almost to the day. And we were in a rough financial spot when he was born. And I didn't, we did not expect that because for those six years, we hadn't been in a rough spot. You know, it's not like it was, it was really rough. And then we decided to throw another kid into the mix. We didn't, it kind of happened during my pregnancy and some stuff happened. My, my husband owns a business and stuff that he thought would, would take off and work didn't. And just a lot of things going on. And that was extremely embarrassing for me. And I've talked publicly about this because it was really embarrassing to have waited six years to have another baby. And we specifically waited until we were ready and we were like, Mm. good to go. And then to have all this stuff happen in nine months that to be honest, I'm not blaming anyone else because something I learned from it is it was poor planning. There was poor planning financially from, from our end. Um, but that was really another relaunch in my life because- Okay, but I hold was, on. Silver, yeah. you're saying the silver lining around yeah. that was poor planning. Can you tell us more about what that really means? Um, so for for me, it was that um, I always, so, okay. I, without getting too personal into the information, it's that I thought that after my son was born, I was just gonna be a stay-at-home mom for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that my husband's business was like, you know, he had some new stuff that was going to, he built a new garage and all these things were happening and they didn't happen. And they sort of took longer than they were supposed to. And so I had this thought that, oh, when the baby's born, I'll be able to stay home. We'll have money. We'll, you know, whatever. And I didn't plan financially for like working longer in my pregnancy and putting more money away. And it's, it really, it, it was something that just like many people out there listening, when you fall into a financial trap, it's very embarrassing because you feel like, what did I do wrong? And you start to look at all the things that you've done. And you're like, I never should have done that. I should have done that differently. I should have put more money away. I should like all of these things. You have a lot of shoulds, but what came out of that for me was that I recognize it was like a a relearning of good sound financial planning. Like that's something I learned was I'm not going to do this again. We're not going to get into a situation where we have to borrow money from our family. We're not going to get into those situations now, not because things won't, bad things may not befall us, but because Mm. we want, we're going to be um, more conscious Mm. of how we show up financially for ourselves. And we just- So in terms of that relearning, what what did you do? Can you share with us some of the things that you did to embrace that? Hey, this isn't going to happen to me again. Not going down that path. Yeah. So uh, one of the things was that after my son was born, I I ended up going back to my business, which I wasn't intending on doing. I wasn't mm-hmm. intending on going back to my cleaning business. Um, I I I had literally given up my clients. Like I a lot. I told them, oh, I'm not coming back. And then in f- late February, which was you know my son was born in early January, I was like emailing them like, 
I don't know if you had someone new, but I've decided to come back, you know, cause we're always trying to put a spin on it. I'm not like, Hey, we have no money. So I was wondering if I could come back and work for <laughs> yeah. you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're always putting a spin on it. Like, Hey, you know, after some, after some sound decision-making, I've decided that I really would enjoy coming back to the business. I really, right? I really miss cleaning your house. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're yeah. always putting a fun spin on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's great that a lot of them were like, yeah, we didn't even hire someone new because I had stopped in like December. And so three months later, maybe they hadn't hired someone new or where they had and it hadn't worked out. And so that was great that mm. I was able to kind of go back to that. But the other thing was um, sitting down as a couple. And I don't think that my husband and I realized that we weren't really sitting down together and discussing money. It was one of the, and I, I really, after now being married for 15 years and looking at other young couples, like talk about money, talk about all the, even when it's uncomfortable, even when you don't want to talk about it, because once we started to talk about it, we realized, oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, I hadn't told you that. And then we got, we were like, I felt like before we were in separate chapters and all of a sudden we were getting on the same page about. I think you're just preaching to the choir right now, because I recommend to everybody at least once a month, mm-hmm. you sit down with either yourself or your significant other, and you do a deep dive into what is going on with your finances. Yes. Because again, you know, what you, what you focus on grows. And if you don't focus on it, then what do you think is going to happen? It doesn't, you know, it just, it's not like it's out of sight, out of mind. And then it's just going to like, woo. No, you have to make sure that you really are aware of what is going on. And if you do it monthly, then, and I know a bunch of people do it quarterly. I don't think quarterly is enough. Quarterly, it can still get away from you. Mm -hmm. Do it monthly with your business. You do it monthly with your personal finances and you bring it all together. So yes, yes, yes. I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And that was, it was something that hmm, I feel like in relationships, especially sometimes we think we're talking about things, but we're not, we're, we're like avoiding conversations by just bringing up the issues with them when like, it's almost like we get angry and then we snip at each other and we're like, that was a conversation. Nope. That was not a conversation. That was just you bickering about something. Yes. Having those honest conversations, like I tell my husband now, I show him reports from Samcart. I'm like, hey, here's how much we brought in this month. And and he doesn't know every single expense that I have for my business. But when I do, when I joined a mastermind last year, it was like a huge expense. Hey, this is going to be money that's allocated to that. And when he does big things for his business or when he gets a, a new client for his business, like we talk about those things and then also talk about where is our money going? How much money is coming in? How much money can we allocate for things? We bought our first house, our dream house last year in August. And that would not have been possible if we hadn't had very uncomfortable conversations for years and years. And we, we hadn't been doing that before. Yeah. But Kendra, don't you feel that when you have them, let's just say monthly Mm -hmm. and you know, they're coming and you know, you're going to do it. You, you eventually leave the uncomfortableness it's behind you because you've already had those initial conversations and it's like, all right, we've already gotten that out of the way. Now we can actually focus on what was really important, which is how are we going to grow our money? How are Mm -hmm. we going to get out of debt? How are we going to, and then you're working together and it starts to feel like that true partnership. Uh, Yeah. The relationship is there. It actually, 
it literally can become a positive in your relationship as you start to get past the debt as you start, as you said, you know, hey, I wanted to join this mastermind or another big project. And you're kind of looking at it like, okay, we're moving, we're progressing. We're like, this is awesome. And it's yes. not so heavy anymore because you've put it out there. You've talked about it. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're doing all these great things and congrats on buying the house. Oh, I you. love that. <laughs> and tell me, was there another relaunch in there? Yeah, I think that my the the third one that really is important to me was starting this business. So, you know, my son's mother born, like yeah, a boss. Mother like I, a boss. That's what I we're doing that. here. That's um, right. So we, you know, we have our son in 2013. Um, we go through some difficult stuff, but that really only lasted about seven, six to seven months. And then we were able to kind of pull ourselves back up, get back to a better place you know, have those conversations, be uncomfortable. And then things got, you know, pretty good. And, and things were back to a normal that we were excited about. And a few years after that, I just, that was really when the, the, I am an employee of my own business hit for the second time in a bigger way. Like it just felt, I started to become resentful of my own business. And I feel like a lot of people out there can relate to that mm, where this so thing that you've built, you start to resent it and mm. you just start to say, I don't even want to do it anymore. And so long story short, I started listening to podcasts in about 2015. My mom actually introduced me to them because my mom was listening to podcasts and I started listening to them and finding these business podcasts where people were talking about online business. Up until then, I thought online businesses were just like scammy things, like on the internet. That's all I ever saw. I didn't know people were actually taking their knowledge and like building businesses out of them and started listening more. And I just talked to my husband and I said, I don't even know what I could do online. I can't clean people's houses from the comfort of my own home, but I feel like there's something here. Like I can empower people or help people. And I really would love to work with moms and all these things. And so the, the really, I feel like my the last big relaunch that I've had recently. And I know I'm, yeah, I have a long life ahead of me and I'm sure there's many more to come, but was pivoting from that in-person business into what mother like a boss is now. And that was a huge one. That's a huge one because of timing also. Oh yeah. Oh God. I love that. So you, so you realize that it was it that you had this passion and you wanted to create a business around it. Is that what you're saying? Or why was it, why was mother like a boss something that if this was the top of the list, because right at that point, you're like, I could do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I, at first, when I started to think of online business stuff, I actually thought more of my husband. I thought, well, maybe I can help him with, with his business. He's an, um, a metal fabricator and mm-hmm. a designer. So he like fabricates things for metal and CNC machining and stuff. And I thought, oh, maybe there's things he can teach people around that. Not even thinking there was something I could do. And then again, because I was listening to other people's inspirational stories, I thought, well, maybe there is. And I thought, I don't know, maybe I'll blog. And I'll, you know, I'll like be a blogger mm-hmm. or something. And it wasn't until I started joining, you know, I don't know, just Facebook groups and things like that. And I thought, wow, the, my um, desire has been for a while moms and helping moms and talking to my mom friends and creating supportive systems around motherhood. And even before that, 
I really loved changing the narrative of mother, modern motherhood and getting away from this idea that everything has to be a mess all the time and that you weren't allowed to enjoy your life and that you weren't allowed to live in a home that feels really good for you. Um, and then I also didn't like the, the perfect mom, you know, imagery of the Pinterest perfect mom. And I was like, there's gotta be a middle ground. And so, yeah, that's where it came from. My sister actually, who works for the business now is the one that came up with mother, like a boss. She's the one that when we were, we were, you know, screwing around with names and what should we call it? And we had all, I mean, we have scratch pads full of things and she's the one that came up with mother, like a boss. And that's where it was created. Uh, in you know what? Of 2016. <laughs> and you're changing, and you continue to change the narrative of yes. motherhood. And yes. now you are, you know, you're actually expanding it now to help moms with businesses and all of the things that you have been able to do on your own. So when you yeah. look back, when you look back at the silver linings, when you really think about it, what would you say is probably the most significant lesson that you learned? From all of them? Like from, from all of them. From like, Ooh. yeah. If you were, if, if you yeah. had to say right now, yeah, right now, what would that be? I would say that the biggest silver lining for me goes all the way back to dropping out of college. When I, sh when I all, when all of the signs pointed to, you shouldn't do that. And seeing that the silver lining was creating a life that I wanted, that was good for me, even though it wasn't what was best for everyone else in my life. Like, even though it wasn't something that everyone else necessarily wanted for me, that create, even going through all of the struggle of getting things started and, and having the judgment and everything, the silver lining was I was creating a life for me and I wouldn't oh. be where I am if I hadn't done that. Creating a life for me. I yeah. mean, I'd say that <laughs> that's one of those, like, stand up on that mountain, put your hands up in the air, yeah. because that's. What we all, what we all ultimately really yeah. are looking for, right? Yeah. It's being comfortable in our own skin. And my gosh, you definitely are. So as you know, we do these rapid fire questions. And I just want to know, it. are you, are you, are you, are you ready for these? I am. I love <laughs> rapid fire questions. I think okay. these are way more fun. Let's okay. Do okay. So, and again, these rapid fires, I used to do the same ones over and over. Now I'm like, ah, uh -uh. I like to just like, really, because people were getting like, they knew what was coming. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, uh, uh no, you can't like, you know, do that around me. I'm going to, I'm going to snazzy this up a bit. Okay. So if you were not the CEO of Mother Like a Boss, mm -hmm. what is your other passion project that you would start? I would start a business as a VA because I love administration work so much. I okay, that's virtual assistant. That's virtual, virtual assistant. Yes. yes, for those yes. out there. I love admin work. I feel like I would have been an amazing personal assistant or receptionist. And it's the reason I have to hire it out for my own business because I will spend all of my time doing admin work if I could. Okay. I we call it, we call it the G zone at the relaunch company. And your G zone is that is hysterical that you love admin work. I would I be like, it. as your coach, I'm telling you right now, I am so glad 
that you are not, you cannot get mm-hmm. caught up because that is working. That's working in your business again, not oh, yes. on your business. So, yeah. oh my gosh, that's really great. Okay. So at this point, are you thinking that your legacy is more this idea that you want to build an empire? Or are you thinking, hey, I want to build what I'm doing and see if potentially we can sell it? Or what What are you thinking? So I've thought a lot about that and I'm not sure about the selling part. I think we'd have to, we would have to pivot some things that we're doing because a lot of the business right now functions because of me because, and you know, you can't really sell yourself. So we'd have to change that. But I really would love to build this. Like my, my goal is to build this to a place where we're doing speaking. That was actually our 2020 goal. And then we all know what happened. No more in, in in-person speaking for right now. Um, but having conferences and workshops and in-person events where not only can I speak and have other people speaking, but I can meet people. I'm a heavy extrovert and I love that creating that community. So that's really where I see it going from there. Um, and creating that legacy of, Uh, moms supporting other moms and getting away from the rampant sanctimony culture that I call it online. Yeah. Ooh, that's so good. Mm. Okay. So if a mom is sitting out there listening right now and she's saying, yeah, you know what? I'm thinking I really am interested in starting a business. What do you think is step number one? I think step number one is to get very clear on what you want to do and who you want to serve. Even, even actually, I'm going to say, even before you, what you want to do, who do you have a passion for serving and what problem can you solve for them? Because the, what you're going to do will come from that. But if you don't know who you're going to serve and what problem you're going to solve for them, then you don't have a business. And that Mm. means even, you know, I hear people saying all the time, well, I, you know, I'm an artist and I just like, I have a friend that, that creates, you know, earrings that makes clay earrings. That's solving a problem for someone. It's solving a problem because maybe they don't want to wear what everyone else is wearing and they want individualized pieces of, you know, jewelry for them. That's solving a problem and it's still serving someone no, no matter what. Mm, I think that's so great. All right. So what is your favorite beauty product and what's Mm. the name of it? So I love a face oil from Primally Pure. So, I mean, years ago, when when I was a teenager and like until I- Which everyone out there is probably like, face oil, do you really want to put oil? Oh, Oh, yes, yes. Yes, And that's, I never realized that. So my, my teenage self- never had acne. I had smooth baby skin until I got pregnant with my daughter at 22. And then my skin totally changed. Skin on my body changed, skin on my face changed. And then after my son, even more so. And I, I remember just, I mean, I would strip my skin with products thinking that's why would you put oil on your skin? Oil's bad. (laughs) And then a few years ago, I realized, you know, my, my sister, who's, who does makeup and has worked for Sephora. And now she does my makeup and she does, she's really into the beauty industry. And she was like, you really should look into, you know, she's big on moisturizing. She's like, people do not moisturize enough. And it causes a lot of issues as they get older. And then I started to see other people talking about face oils. So I tried it, changed my life, changed my life because not only does it remove my makeup, 
because, and I, cause I, I couldn't use like makeup removing stuff anymore. It was starting to strip my skin. It removes my makeup, but then it also leaves my skin so soft and it just, I have way less breakouts now. And it is so counterintuitive to what we're taught. We're taught don't put oil on your skin. You know, it's going to, it's going to make it oily. You're going to have breakouts. It's actually the exact opposite for most. People. I am a fan too. Mm. I yes. love these face oils and I had the same thing happen when I was pregnant. I had really virtually no acne ever. No, yeah. any, and then I got pregnant. And I was like <gasps> all over the place. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. Okay. So very cool. And then I, I want to ask you this. When I say powerhouse of possibility, what does that mean to you? I love, I love the word. I mean, powerhouse is a great word, but I love the word possibility because I feel like it's an open door to something else that you're not experiencing right now. So when I hear powerhouse of possibility, for me, that gets me excited because I think what could happen? So instead of the word should, it's like, could. And I love, I love the word could because it, to me, it just means an open door that I, I might walk through. Mm, okay. So how do people hear more about what you're working on and get in touch with you? Yeah. Uh, I think the best way is to come listen to the mother, like a boss podcast, which if you're already listening to this podcast, you listen to podcasts. So, I mean, just find it on all the podcast places. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. That's my favorite place to be. Um, so at mother, like a boss on Instagram also. Awesome. Well, Kendra, thank you. This was so so much much fun and hearing your relaunches and seeing where you are and the success you're having right now. I just, you know what, thank you for sharing the wisdom. I, I love throughout this whole thing, how you were saying, you know what, it's your life. This is the life that you wanted. And if we could all take that message away, stop living your life for other people, um, you know, that's, that's an absolutely incredible takeaway. So thank you again. And I hope that you just continue to shine. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, Will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, you can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, there's always a silver lining and now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.